This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Good morning. It's Monday. I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. So early this past weekend, officials in Memphis released body camera footage of the beating of Tyree Nichols. He was a 29-year-old black man allegedly attacked by the police. Since the beating, five Memphis police officers have been fired and charged with several crimes, including second-degree murder. ABC7 is reporting that protests and vigils in Chicago remain peaceful, which is what Mayor Lori Lightfoot had encouraged. Activists, many of whom have been working toward police oversight for years, are saying that the video proves, once again, that accountability for police is needed more and more. Governor J.B. Pritzker reacted by saying, quote, we must recommit ourselves to pursuing real justice and peace in the name of Tyree Nichols and so many others who never had their stories told. Employee shortages seem to be happening everywhere, and the ripple effects are hitting even more. Now it's showing up in the area of COVID vaccines for state prison employees. My colleague Shannon Heffernan is reporting that Illinois no longer requires them to be vaccinated. About 80 percent of facility-based staff are currently vaccinated, which roughly reflects the vaccination number statewide. And previously, staff who refused COVID vaccinations were not allowed to work. But now vaccines are required. Because of close quarters, COVID can quickly spread in prisons, especially since advocates for prisoners say staff don't consistently mask. But as I mentioned, prisons have also been chronically short-staffed. And a union for guards is saying that stringent vaccine policies is what's making staffing the facilities more difficult. So I've been talking the last few weeks about plans for migrants who have been coming to Chicago. And one of those plans is a temporary migrant shelter in Woodlawn. Over the weekend, city officials held a community meeting to share their plans for that shelter. They might start moving folks into the former Wadsworth Elementary building as early as today. But my colleague Indy Kara is reporting that residents in the area aren't really happy with all this. Some community members have voiced concerns about safety and a lack of communication and engagement from the city. Stephanie Crockett-McLean is one of those residents. We are tired of begging for what we already own, which is the right to live peacefully and to not have our communities turned upside down on a whim of your plan. Officials said this is not a long-term solution. It's mainly a response to the 108 buses that have arrived in Chicago since August with new arrivals. You heard Justin talking a lot last week about Lunar New Year, and the celebrations continued over the weekend. Chicagoans celebrated on the north and south sides with dancers, music, and food, of course. My colleague Michael Puente went up to my old stumping grounds, Uptown, to talk with Asian Americans who refused to let recent violence in California dampen the mood in celebrating the Year of the Rabbit. It's cold, but it's really worth it. It's a little bit snowy, but uh, it's good to see all the people come out. It just shows a sense of community. We're here. It's snowing sideways, and we're doing great. It's great because we get to showcase Asian Americans in Chicago and in America. It's bittersweet because 
because of, you know, the previous Asian hate crimes. It's really cold, but being out here is really fun, being able to spread the culture and all that stuff, which is really important. Yeah, I think our biggest concern, like, today is just, like, the weather concern. Those were the voices of Phoebe M., Jason Tran, Mia Park, Joanne Yum Gutierrez, and Teresa Wynn. And a few quick hits before we get to the weather, starting with a COVID update. Chicago and Cook County are now in the low category for COVID-19 community transmission. WGN-TV is reporting that hospital admissions have dropped below the threshold of 10 per 1,000 over seven days. That's the first time since mid-November. And also over the weekend, the CTA had a hiring fair at their headquarters, and it brought in the largest crowd ever, almost 1,000 people looking for work. It's the CTA's most recent effort to fill hundreds of vacancies that have contributed to disruptions in service. The CTA is looking to fill at least 600 vacancies on the bus operations side alone this year. As for weather, you probably need to crank up the heat or maybe bring out an extra space heater because winter is not here to play this week. Cloudy with temperatures going up to the mid-teens today and it's getting colder and also sunnier as the day goes on, a low of 5 degrees tonight. And that's it for now. Coming up this afternoon, if you don't have a period, you definitely know someone who has a period. And so this conversation is for you. Menstrual equity is just promoting the fact that anyone who has a period can do so safely and healthily, which comes down to not only providing product, but I think education overall. I'm talking with a researcher and reporter about period poverty, menstrual equity, and how stigma around this very normal and very human experience can affect people's access to what they need for their periods. That's coming up today at 2. I'm Erin Allen. Happy to be back. Big thanks to Justin Bull for getting up before the crack of dawn to hold down the fort last week. I'll talk to you again on The Rundown later on this afternoon. 